Hey, what's going on? This is Talk of Football with Ray. You're never going to believe this, but my name is Ray, and I'm the one that's here to talk about football with you. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. Appreciate you coming on here on this, well, here in Toronto, this snowy, cold, windy November the 15th, a day that is a fourth straight Victory Monday for Patriot fans everywhere. Man, those Patriots played an absolute complete game Sunday afternoon against the Browns. There is now little doubt out there, though, that the Arizona Cardinals are nothing without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Welcome back to the NFL. Superman, a.k.a. Cam Newton, a.k.a. Cam, a.k.a. Scam Newton, a.k.a. Newton. But he's bringing some brand new energy to those Carolina Panthers. And they had a blowout win versus those Cardinals. Washington shocked, shocked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But at what cost? 2020's defensive player, rookie player, defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young, out, done, ACL. The Chiefs, if any team needed a blowout win, it was the Kansas City Chiefs. They got that over the Raiders. Do I dare say that we saw some vintage Patrick Mahomes? And did you know that the New England Patriots defense hit Cleveland Brown quarterbacks 14 times yesterday? 14 times. And we are going to get into all those stories. I also got my boy, Connor Carney, a.k.a. Connor Commentary, a.k.a. my former Dear Pats Nation broadcast partner he's in the waiting room waiting so i'm going to cut to this ad and then we're going to bring connor in to talk about the patriots but i gotta say hey guys let me take a second here and tell you about symbol all right if you've thought about investing in the stock market but you're worried about making the investment because man maybe you don't know enough about it or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto even if tom brady is telling you to why not invest into something that you know all about? And that is the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investing all in one place on Symbol. You can invest in all your favorite teams like the New England Patriots or take some long shots on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets. <laughs> but hey, anyways, show your sports know-how by buying, trading, and selling shares in your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball and NBA teams. You can earn money for every win. You can invest in season or out of season. It's up to you. Don't be like me. Don't be like Connor. Make sure you buy small and sell big. We invested in the Red Sox at its highest, and we just lose money on a day-by-day -day basis. Guys, this is not some week-by-week -week gambling site where you drop a wager on a game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious. Be aggressive. Be a homer. It really doesn't matter. Symbol is there to help you find value and try to make your money. Now, listen. Symbol is offering what I believe is an absolutely crazy promotion. And I... I I don't understand how a site like this makes money offering this kind of stuff. However, click the link I left in the description. Use the promo code DPN. Yes, it stands for Dear Pats Nation, DPM. Symbol will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to $500 when you use the promo code DPN. Your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days. 
Meaning if you lose money, you don't like the market, you don't like the website, whatever reason it is, you can withdraw your initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investment site in the world. I've left a link to the symbol website in the description below. I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and your savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out symbol by using the link that I've left in the description and make sure you use that promo code DPN and make a 90-day risk-free deposit up to $500. And with that said, it's time to bring in my broadcast partner, Mr. Connor Commentary. Hey! Hey! Wow, round of applause. Back to back to back to back wins. So obviously when the Connor's on, we talk New England Patriots here on Talking Football with Ray. Connor, I mean, let's start. Listen, I'm going to put it out right there now. The Patriots aren't just winning games. They are steamrolling teams. They steamrolled Carolina, steamrolled the Jets, steamrolled Cleveland yesterday. Close game against uh, the Chargers, but still played well. What are your thoughts the last four weeks about this back to back to back to back winning team? I'm honestly blown away. I I had uh, high hopes. I was very optimistic that, you know, they were going to win all four of these games. I did not expect them to win it in this fashion. I mean, even the Chargers game, they scored a touchdown at the end, so they only ended up winning by three. But that game was over halfway through the fourth quarter. I mean, yesterday I thought that the Patriots were going to come right down to it. I think uh, last week I predicted 27-24, and the Patriots won on a Nick Folk field goal at the last second. I mean, the game was essentially over at halftime. I mean, they came out after half, scored. It was old-school Patriots football. You know, kick the field, go before the half, get the ball, come out, score again, and just completely demoralize the other team. I'm shocked at the extent of these blowouts. I mean, Carolina did nothing last week. Absolutely blew out the Browns. Absolutely blew out the Jets. Uh, I'm the, the team is officially back on the map. Yeah, and it's funny how suddenly the sports landscape is just completely flipped over. Like, yeah. And it's just flipped on its head. Two weeks ago, Stephen A. Smith is like, "Oh no, no, the Patriots aren't a super, aren't aren't a, aren't a playoff team. They're a right. good team. They're a good team. They're up and coming, but they're not. They're not a playoff team, right?" Rex Ryan it has nothing nice to say about Belichick and Mac Jones. I mean, there's nothing right being said. Rex Ryan comes up today, says that Bill Belichick is coaching the best he's ever coached, right? Which shadows yep. Belichick. He is coaching very well. He is. Stephen A. Smith says that the Patriots are the biggest threat in the AFC right now. Have yep. they just been given the kiss of death? <laughs> I mean, that that is definitely a concern. I mean, the media, when they were doubting them, obviously the Patriots usually use that as fuel and they go on an upward trajectory. So it's it's definitely uh, a little bit concerning. But it's funny. I think everybody's kind of recognizing it now. I mean, what can you say? I mean, Carolina is still a good team. It really wasn't a close game. The Browns coming into this, they were a playoff team last year. There's probably a playoff team this year. And they just absolutely obliterated them. I, I mean, again, Chargers, Herbert, another team that, that's going to borderline in the playoffs, another great quarterback. I mean, Bill Belichick has had all the answers. And I asked, also, I, I listened to some of that Stephen A. Smith, and he was essentially saying, if you're not an elite quarterback, Bill Belichick is going to find a way to shut you down. And I think that's absolutely true. I think that's going to be true this Thursday. I think Matt Ryan's pretty good, not good enough. I think Bill Belichick's going to set the defense up to stop him. And I think that's going to be the same the rest of the year. I think, you know, that. Uh, Carson Wentz, even Ryan Tannehill, these these teams are going to run into trouble. Bill Belichick's going to take away your your best receiver, your whatever you're best at, and then see if the quarterback can beat you on his own. And a lot of them aren't going to be able to do it. I need you to settle an argument with some with me, or settle an argument that I had with somebody on Twitter today. I'm prepared. You won't believe it. I got into a Twitter argument. I I am I am shocked. I am shocked and surprised. I think I've gotten worse since you've left the show, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. I've gotten even more obnoxious on Twitter. 
Hey, you gotta you gotta uh, ruffle some feathers, right? I do. Well, I mean, I don't have you for your your solid intake or takes anymore. So, <laughs> still pisses me off that you come out at least weekly with two really smart, thought out takes that you never ever brought to the podcast. <laughs> I know. Every once in a while, you know, if you put enough stuff out there, you get a smart one. But I saw some douchebag today on Twitter who yep. responded to Stephen A's clip and his tweet saying, "I think they're the the most dangerous team." with a stat from Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs two years ago when Ryan Tannehill went eight for 13 for 72 yards in that game <laughs> and said, I guess Stephen A. Smith forgot about this and showed the Titans victory. And But I'm like, the entire argument was if you're not an elite quarterback, Bill Belichick right. is going to expose you. And this guy's argument back was Ryan Tannehill's eight for 13, 72-yard game. Talk about an elite performance right there. <laughs> I mean, I think Mac Jones has done more than that on one drive multiple times last week alone or yesterday yesterday alone. I, I'm not too concerned. Ryan Tannehill is good. He's not good enough. And when they play the Patriots, they're not going to have Derrick Henry. They're not going to have Julio Jones. Bill Belichick's going to concentrate on shutting down Brown. I think he will. We'll see what they can do from there. I, I think the Patriots are probably going to win that game. But that, that's just par for the course on Twitter. Somebody talking about that and following up with a 72-yard performance. <laughs> well, and I think like one of the funniest things has been is last year all we heard is the Patriots are poverty franchise. They're done. Get yep. ready or get ready for mediocrity. What how many people on, on YouTube told us like, yeah, get ready for 10 bad years without Tom Brady. Tom Brady was that team. They're now the right. same people coming out saying that Mac Jones is a system quarterback. I don't understand it. Like picking like I'm confused by the arguments now. Like, so was does that mean Brady was a system quarterback? Like, what is the what is the argument here? I, I think the argument's going to constantly change, and it's going to just make sure that they keep switching it around, no matter what, to you know, shield that the Patriots are not a good team. It's all Bill Belichick. It was all Tom Brady. Mac Jones is a system quarterback. Bill Belichick pretty soon is going to be a system coach. You know, he's he's going to be the system coach of of the Robert Kraft Foundation or whatever it's going to be. People are going to continuously come up with things to put down the Patriots, no matter what. So if he wins the Super Bowl in the next couple of years, he'd like is the argument going to become like, well, he can only win with an elite quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Then Mac Jones will be elite, and then he can only do it with Mac Jones or Tom Brady. Bill Belichick will coach till he's 87 years old and, you know, take some uh, bottom-feeding quarterback to the Super Bowl, win it, and then they'll, they'll change it around that he can only win when they have the best defense or something. It's always going to change. Let's talk about the uh, top-performing rookies this year across the NFL. Right, yep. I think Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ramondre Stevenson have to be up in that argument, correct? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Kyle Duggar, rookie last year, interception yep. yesterday. Uh, it's been a bad year for the Belichick can't draft crew, has it not? It's probably one of their worst arguments at, at this point right now. And I thought about that yesterday. I mean... Every, everyone always says, oh, we could have DK Metcalf. That's the one guy where you just, you've heard it a million times. We're going to hear it a million times more. All of these teams that passed on Mac Jones, I think they're going to be hearing that for the next 10 to 15 years. I don't have, we haven't created, it's not fair to make a total assessment yet because we haven't seen everything out of these other rookies. But every time I've watched, you know, Justin Fields, the little we've seen out of Trey Lance, um, and I've been, I'm trying to think of who else has been drafted. Mac Jones. Zach Wilson. Zach, Zach Wilson, oh goodness. It's outplayed by White, who threw four picks yesterday. But Mac Jones is clearing away light years ahead of every single one of these guys. Granted, again, they are rookies, but just based on the eye test, absolute home run with Mac. I mean, he's probably going to lead the team, knock on wood, to the playoffs in his very first year. 
only going to get better from there. And then, like you said, Kyle Duggar, um, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, even Damian Harris, it's only his third year. It looks like it's second because he barely played the first year, but he's really stacking up a lot of talent for the future here. Yeah, I'd also like to point out that Damian Harris was also a Bill Belichick draft pick. He was, and he was essentially redshirted his rookie year. So I look at it like this is the second season, even though thinking back on it, it's technically his third. You know, another great draft pick. Um, on Wienu on the line, obviously, fantastic pick as well. Very late in the draft. You know, it, it's 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 been a good two years, the, the past two years so far. Can I give a big shout-out to Nikhil Harry as well? Not for his Brian yeah. Hoyer catch. Not for the Brian Hoyer. I mean, it was a nice catch. It was a nice catch. However... That man likes to get physical. He has yeah. no problems getting physical. I he he's never gonna be the wide receiver one that Patriot fans wanted. So let's get that out of our heads, right? He's never gonna be that guy. However, I mean, you'd need a guy who who has no problems getting dirty. You you need a guy who has no problems, you know, getting the mix. It's another though. I don't know if you saw again another Cleveland player, another defensive player flipping out on Nikhil Harry after a run play. He aggravates defensive players. He, don't forget his rookie year. He bullied Tredavious White in the run game to the fact that I think Tredavious White took a penalty for swatting at him. Yep. He got into it, I think, in Carolina last week with somebody. Now he got into it with someone with Cleveland, and it's not him. It's just he is so aggressive and so physical in the run game that he just drives the cornerbacks crazy because he just bullies them. And I think that, yes, he's – Yes, we could have had DK. Yes, we could have had Debo Samuel. I get that. But I think that he's taken so much heat from the Patriot fans. We got to kind of tip our hat to the things that he does really effectively. Yeah, I saw on Twitter some of those blocks that he made yesterday, and they are absolutely f phenomenal. At this point, we just need to get it out of our minds, you know, get over it. He's not going to be the number one wide receiver. It is what it is. We need to find a way to utilize him and his strengths and make the best of it right now. And I think that's exactly what Josh McDaniels, who actually I think has had very good game the past four games, and put him in a spot to succeed. If he's a guy who's going to go out there and predominantly block, catch a couple passes here and there, then let let, so be it. Let's work on that and let's let's make that, you know, his official job on the Patriots offense. He can block in the run game, throw the ball to him a couple times a game. It is it is what it is. You know, it's going to be, as we've seen, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, a little bit of Nelson Aguilar, and obviously Jacoby Myers. Shout out to him with the touchdown yesterday. Maybe Harry's job is just to block and, and get dirty in the run game and, you know, catch a pass every once in a while. And I'm okay with that at this point. Speaking of guy who's been taking a lot of heat this year, and he's taking it from me, Isaiah Wynn. Big shout-out to him, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Miles Garrett that entire game. I think for the most part, I know Miles Garrett got to Mac Jones at one point, but I think it was a victory. I think he won that battle against, against Miles Garrett. Some of that was scheming by Balachek and by McDaniels. They did a really good job keeping him busy, but he went man-to-man. -man, and on the right side, Trent Brown, man-to-man -man with uh, Jadavion Clowney, two great pass rushers, one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, two sacks on the day for uh for cleveland and i think they did a really good job protecting mac jones yesterday no they they definitely did and it was fantastic to see trent brown back and isaiah win overall when you look back on it to only allow one sack to miles garrett is an absolute victory if you told me that coming into the game i i would have been thrilled because obviously him and then Clowney they've had one of the best pass rushes and they really didn't get to mac the offensive line has held it down and they were obviously a massive concern at the beginning of the season. They've been one of the highlights of the team the past four games. And also this Browns defense was fantastic at uh, stopping the run. And Ramondre Stevenson had holes the whole time. And granted, he just doesn't go down after contact. Let's talk about the confidence that you have in this team. Because I'll tell you my confidence. 
I think it was their second touchdown. It was after the interception when they had really good field position. Yep. And they scored the touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson runs it in for a touchdown. And I kind of just I do a little fist pump on the on the couch. And my wife says, what's wrong? And she's like, they just scored a touchdown. And you hear it? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're not yelling. Because usually I'm like pacing and yelling and this and that. Yep. And I looked at her. I looked her dead in the eye. And I said, I knew they were going to score. Yeah. Like, I just yes. like. I didn't get excited because I just knew it was going to happen. And as that game went on, I wasn't getting excited for scores because I was just, I, I was just expecting it. Like that, I just, I was absolutely expecting yesterday. My confidence in that team yesterday is the highest it's been since Tom Brady against the, uh, at the time, San Diego Chargers in the divisional round in the 2018 playoffs. That's the last time I had this height of confidence in a Patriots team. Yeah, I mean, right now I felt the exact same way. As soon as Duggar picked that ball off, there was no doubt in my mind they would score. And that's just an accumulation of what they've done the past few weeks because I still would have been nervous week two, week three, that they're going to have to settle for a field goal. They're not going to get it in. Some Something's going to go wrong. But I was extremely confident they're doing so much better in the red zone. Ramondre Stevenson, I think it was the first play. They pitched it to him. He ran it right in. You know, once they get down there too, Hunter Henry has been absolutely stellar this season. Big shout out to him. But it's the same thing. My confidence was so high. Even when they got the ball at the one yard line, I'm like, that's fine. Let's, let's pick up some yards. Let's go down the field. And they did 99 yards. They, they were moving the ball and they were converting on third down over and over and over again to the point where it was third and six. I'm like, all right, Mac, let's just go out there and pick it up. And he would, it, it was just an all around beautifully executed game, offense, defense. They, they're just outplaying teams by such an enormous proportion. Like it, it, Coaching, you know, offense, defense, special, everything. They blew them out of the water yesterday, and that's basically the fourth week in a row they've done so. Do you think Brian Burns is upset that nobody hunted Mac Jones yesterday? And are you disappointed that he didn't grab and twist Miles Garrett or my uh Miles Garrett's uh ankle? I I guess you know we'll we'll give Miles Garrett a little bit of a pass there. He only sacked him once. Patriots were up big the whole game. I don't think it was necessary for Mac to break out the ankle lock, although I would have supported him if he did. And you know, I think Burns is gonna be upset no matter what. You know, he's he seems like he's uh he's he's very dead set on the Mac Jones is a, is a dirty player guy. He's very upset that he accidentally slightly twisted his ankle in a game where they absolutely run full speed into 300 pound offensive linemen. I guess it was Mac Jones that took him down. Yeah. 250 pound defensive end scared of the, what is Mac Jones? 170 pound. Yeah. You know, quarterback. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom Brady on back-to-back -back losses, Mac Jones yeah. on back to back to back to back wins. Is it time to start saying Tom who? The, tra the trajectory is going like this, man. They're going in two opposite directions right now. Um, I it's it's funny at this point. I don't even pay attention to the Buccaneers anymore. I just saw that at the end that uh, the statistics Brady threw a couple picks. They lost. I don't. I didn't see the game at all. I'm so excited about the Patriots. I'm so happy. I watched the game to the very end, despite the fact that they're winning by 30 and the game's been over the whole time. I'm still enjoying seeing Brian Hoyer throw the ball to Nikhil Harry. You know, so I, I'm not even paying any attention to it. I'm just so happy that. I truly, truly believe, even I've said this before, and I believe it now more than ever, that the Patriots have their guy. It's the it's a new era. The old era is over. It was absolutely fantastic. Thank you to Tom Brady. Do whatever you're going to do in Tampa. But the, the Patriots are one of the best teams in the league again, and they have an absolutely fantastic quarterback for the next 20 years again. I agree. I think that there's been an accumulation of the season. Number one, the game against the Bucs. Yep. Uh, we were still hosting Deer Pats Nation at that time. I think I said to you the next day, like, that was kind of closure to me. Like yeah. having that game, 
being done with it, finding out that Belichick and Brady talked in the locker room for 20 minutes after the game, you know, found a quiet spot and sat down and talked. The love that the fans showed them. I was proud of the Gillette Stadium. They cheered him when he came on the field, but as soon yep. as the game started, booed the crap out of him, yep. which is exactly what they should have done. He was the opposing player. Close game. It wasn't a blowout. I would say even though the Bucs won, Belichick got the best of Brady. Yeah, I would say the Bucs defense got the best of Mac Jones. So it's not like anybody won between Brady and Belichick. The two teams played. And that to me, and you know, I, I harbored a lot of anger towards Tom Brady, and I was very bitter towards him leaving. I think a part of that was the whole Cam Newton experience. Shout out to Cam, two touchdowns yesterday. Cam yeah, is good back. for him. Good for him. But, um, you know, I, I was bitter towards, towards Brady, and I think that for me, that gave me closure. And now the Patriots being the team that they are and only on the rise and getting better and better each week and having Mac Jones – and I'm also not seeing a million tweets about Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers on Patriots Twitter anymore. It seems to be much very it's it's, funny how di- it's died down a lot. Well, I find I find the bandwagon is back in full gear again. Right? Yes, like it's, yes, it's com- it's completely swung back to the Patriots. Everybody's on the Mac Jones train now. Even people who didn't like him before, it's it's full steam ahead, full steam ahead for the Mac Jones and the Patriots bandwagon. Well, funny you say that because today on my way to home from work, I was listening to Friday's episode. As you know, I always listen to the previous episode just. Yeah, and it finished and it just so on spotify it just kicks over to like another like a random podcast on my list and it came down to what must have been one this winter where we were talking about whether or not mac jones was a fit for the patriots right and we were talking about the possibility of trey lance as you know i fell in love with trey lance yeah um you were non-committal the whole way you're like trey lance uh mac justin jones, fields justin yeah mac fields, jones we'll whoever. make it work and blah blah um, and I think that I was between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. You, I think you were pretty much Trey Lance and Mac. I think we were both out on Justin Fields. I think we yep. were both Trey Lance or Mac Jones. At that point, we thought Mac Jones was going to the 49ers. Uh, right. We talked about it. And then so we're like, okay, we can live with Trey Lance. And I remember saying, what if they take Trey Lance? You're like, well, I'll be comfortable with Mac Jones. We thought the Patriots had to trade up to 10, by the way, to get Mac Jones. Yep. Yeah, we did. We did not think he would be there. No, I was I was re-listening to the things we were talking about and reminding myself of what we were what what we were doing. Um, but I was reading tweets. If you remember, we still read the tweets of what Patriot fans were saying, and it was a 50-50 split. And some people saying that if Mac Jones is the quarterback of the Patriots, I won't be able to take this team serious for at least four to five years uh, until they <laughs> get a new quarterback. Uh, your boy, uh, no, no Sadramas, Michael uh, Megaletta or whatever. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, he said that uh, the Patriots should select Devontae Adams with their – or um, Devontae Smith with their pick, and uh, – Mac Jones should still be kicking around the second round, and he should draft <laughs> Mac Jones in the second round. Yeah, no, yeah, they're lucky they were able to even get him at 15. I mean, especially looking back on it. And I think the 49ers even came out and said that they were very close to picking him at three. Yeah. Now, I don't think that – I don't think – I don't think – okay, not all four of those quarterbacks before him are going to work. We know that, but I think some yeah. will. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be like, oh, we should have taken Mac. If you're the Jaguars, yeah, we could have had Mac Jones, but everybody was going to take Trevor Lawrence if we got the first overall pick. So right. we know that kind of thing. I'm thinking about teams like Atlanta, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yep. That could have drafted him. Uh, those are the teams uh, that might, I think Philly traded out of their pick. I think they traded their pick to Chicago. So Chicago could trade up for Justin Fields. Yes. Yep. And I think a- that's what happened. And Atlanta took, I think they he took, they took uh, the tight end, right? They took the best tight end in the draft. Yeah. So they took uh, Pitts. They took Kyle Pitts, which you and I, 
we're in we were big on him yeah yeah, yeah we yeah. were in nam remember when there was a time we thought <laughs> do you remember when we thought the patriots could get him at 15 <laughs> yeah i mean as as the draft got closer that became like less and less realistic obviously it was clear he's going to be drafted in the top 10 and he's had some huge games but honestly i think the patriots are going to completely shut him down thursday i do too and i think atlanta like yeah you got the best tight end but you still have matt ryan and you could have had mac jones yeah, exactly. And obviously, I think Matt Ryan's in his mid to late 30s at this point. Uh, most quarterbacks don't play past 40. I mean, Brady's kind of an anomaly here. I'm, I I see Matt, Matt Ryan out of the league in probably the next three years, and he's he's kind of in a downward trajectory as it is. All right, Connor, that's about all the time that I've, I took up four more minutes than I was supposed to of your time. No problem. 15, but I appreciate you coming on. You'll be back next Monday, of course. Always. Regular yes. yes, sir. Um, I got to ask you again. Otherwise, I'm the, you know, I got to ask you though. Yes. Patreon exclusive live stream Friday night. I will be sending you the invite. Don't pretend you didn't see it. Just admit you're not going to show up. Send send it over. Send it over and uh, we'll see if I can stop by and say hello. And uh, I'm also going to point out that you told me you're going to sign up for Patreon when you quit the show and I've been watching. You still haven't. Oh, well, I'll sign up tonight. <laughs> I will sign up tonight. I will. I got to get, I got to get on there. Well, I, so many names have changed. What's the name now? It's uh Ray Rail, but it's still uh patreon.com slash DPN sports. Ray Rail. All right. Dep DPN sports. I'm on it. It's not Ray Rail to DPN sports. It's patreon.com slash DPN sports. DPN sports. Okay. The same, the same one it always was that you always got wrong. When you say go to <laughs> patreon.com slash Dear Pats Nation, and I would just the amount of things that I've gotten wrong over the past year and a half is uh is is, is dumbfounding. I, I still like to listen or watch the first 10 minutes of your last episode when we <laughs> recap our first episode. Yep. <laughs> and you didn't know my name. You you didn't know the name of the show. You didn't know you should have known right then and there what you were in store for. Yeah. You called me Ray Routh from DMP commentary <laughs> and, and just your response going that. See, the first episode was just telling of what you were going to deal with. Exactly. It was laying you right out there. They, what you're going to have to deal with on my end. And can I keep uh, laying the teasers out to people? They uh, lay the teasers out. As everybody knows, I am still co-hostless and I plan to stay co-hostless. And Connor has still not counted out possibly one day returning. You, know, you never know what's in the cards. All right, Connor, I always appreciate talking to you. I enjoy the pre-talks. I look forward to Mondays. I don't know if you saw the picture I put out last week. I did. You and I both had the two biggest, dumbest smiles on our face. <laughs> we did. We did. That's <laughs> like, that was a great picture. That was funny. Yeah, and I just I don't smile like that anymore. And I just sat there and just went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still good together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Connor, I appreciate you, man. As Thank always, you, I'll see you next Monday. Oh, like, give me your prediction for Thursday night. Patriots-Atlanta. Thursday night. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to play very tough being at home and having just gotten blown out. I just don't think they have the horses to do it, and the Patriots are just such a better team. Uh, I'm going to say 24-13 Patriots. 24-13 Patriots. Connor, tell me about those Patriots. Legit, kid. Later. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Connor Commentary, also known as Connor Carney, my former co-host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast, now known as Talking Football with Ray. And we're going to get into the rest of the NFL news today. But first, I'm going to tell you that when you join 
the Ray Route Patreon page, you'll get four exclusive videos fueled by the subjects that you give me every single week. That's right. When you become a Patreon member, you get videos exclusive to Patreon Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's not all. Every second Friday, I post a Patreon hangout for all the Patreon members. And if you have the opportunity to hang out on screen with me and other Patreon members to chat about football, life, basically just friends chopping it up about everything. I also don't believe in making people pay huge money or having different tiers and excluding people because of what they want to donate. I have one tier that's $5. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing. Everybody gets all of the content and all of the perks, including the link to our discord page our discord page. That's exclusive to the Patreon group where we are actively chatting about football. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for patreon.com by clicking the link I've left in the description or go to www.patreon.com slash DPN sports. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. And I'm just going to put my headphones down here. Hope you guys heard that big bang. And I'm going to get into the news of the day. Of course, I got those six stories for you that I discussed at the beginning. So five weeks ago, you could see the potential in New England. They had a young quarterback. He was learning the ropes. You had established veterans that were starting to come together in a defense that was showing signs that you know, it could turn into what we all thought it would be. Fast forward to now. And the Patriots are playing clean almost mistake-free football, and they aren't just winning games. They are steamrolling teams, and they are doing it the way the Patriots traditionally do it. They are winning all three phases of the game. Look, the New England Patriots played a complete game on Sunday afternoon when they defeated the Cleveland Browns 45-7. to Led by rookies Mac Jones and Ramondre Stevenson, the offense rolled the Browns by putting up 452 yards of offense. Josh McDaniels' play calling was spot on. Hunter Henry scored two more red zone touchdowns, and Kendrick Bourne was clearly the offensive player of the game, recording 141 yards combined receiving and rushing. Bourne also tagged on a touchdown for good measure. The Patriots' 184 yards of rushing and 268 passing yards was supposed to be uh, was supported by New England's offensive line that stood up to the task of blocking Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and the Browns' elite front seven. The Patriots' defense was just as good as the offense. New England held Cleveland's 11th best offense, only 217 total yards, and a pathetic one for 11 on third down conversions. The Patriots also forced two fumbles and picked off Baker Mayfield. Sunday's game was a big game. Uh, two teams were fighting for a playoff spot. It was a cold day, uh, but it was also an electric atmosphere at Gillette Stadium. And it's these kind of games that determine the contenders and the pretenders. And we all saw how the Patriots responded. It continues, it was a big game and a bigger win for the Patriots. The Browns and the Patriots are both fighting for a playoff spot, and at this point of the season, these types of games have playoff atmospheres. And New England responded at the highest level. The Patriots moved up to the standings and are now occupying the second wildcard spot. New England is now tied with the Tennessee Titans as the best conference record of 5-1. And, and the Patriots locked Sorry, the Patriots locked, locked in from the opening whistle and steamrolled another AFC opponent. Now, I feel healthy about the New England Patriots. I think they're going to be a good team. I like the way they responded. And I think that we can expect a lot more games like that, especially as they get tight down the, the stretch. Now, if the Arizona Cardinals were hoping to catch lightning in a bottle two weeks in a row, 
they were very disappointed. Arizona was missing their starting quarterback and their best wide receiver. Despite beating their division rivals, the San Francisco 49ers, last week, the Cardinals had no answers for the Carolina Panthers' offense or defense. The Associated Press wrote, maybe the Arizona Cardinals need Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins after all. Arizona 8-2 and two still look like one of the NFL's top teams, but there's little doubt that the Murray-Hopkins combo has to stay healthy in the season's second half. Murray has been hobbled by an ankle injury. Hopkins has a bum hamstring. Cardinals backup quarterback Colt McCoy played so well in last week's game against the 49ers, it might have lulled Arizona into a false sense of security. McCoy finished 11 of 20 in passing for 107 yards and one interception. And as much as the Arizona offense was struggling in that game, we can't ignore that the Cardinals weren't, or, or the Cardinal, or the, sorry, Carolina, I should say, was still able to put up a lot of points. And the Cardinals defense struggled to contain Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, and PJ Walker. It would actually be fair to say that Arizona's defense had no answer for the Panthers offense. Jake Anderson of 98.7 wrote, the Arizona Cardinals defense failed to stop the Carolina offense on Sunday afternoon. Arizona allowed a total of 351 yards and three touchdowns, although two of those scores were a result of a short field after a Cardinals fumble and turnover on downs. Carolina posted 166 yards on the ground, the second most Arizona has allowed this season, and 175 through the air. The Panthers running backs, Christian McCaffrey, who was in his second game back from injured reserve, ran for 95 yards and 13 carries, 7.3 yards per rush, and also added 66 receiving yards on 10 receptions to bring his all-purpose count to 161 yards on the day. And listen, Arizona is 8-2. and two. They want to be seen as one of the best teams in the NFC, but with the LA Rams starting to step up, the Buccaneers still hanging around, they need to put up better performances. They can't get pushed around like they got pushed around by Carolina. Carolina may be a team to look out for now. Murray needs to get back. Hopkins needs to get back. They're doing it without J.J. Watt. Still a long season. Nothing is settled. And Arizona needs to figure this out quickly. Cam Newton is no longer the quarterback that he was when he was named the league MVP in 2015. However, Newton brings an energy with him wherever he goes. We saw it in Carolina for years, uh, since pretty much since the day he was drafted. And it was also crystal clear the positive impact that Cam Newton had on the Patriots locker room last season and really on rookie quarterback Mac Jones. Newton still possesses a unique skill set that it's hard to stop when he's running, but his leadership is the biggest attribute he has now. And that leadership appears to have energized the Panthers. Anthony Rizzuti of Panthers Wire wrote... Carolina was on another level today, and it's no coincidence that they have Cam Newton back in the building now. The excitement of his shocking signing uh, quite clearly spread throughout the entire squad on Sunday. Not only did the offense play with more purpose and efficiency with both Newton and P.J. Walker under center, but the defense was had an apparent swagger to it. Newton's leadership skills and confidence, however, that have already re-energized what was a sinking team? He is a captain now. And, you know, Cam was the story, but I think that we need to acknowledge how well backup quarterback P.J. Walker did and how he led that Panthers offense when he was in for most of the offensive snaps. 
Yes, he got some help from Christian McCaffrey, but he deserves a lot of praise for the way that he played on Sunday. Ellis L. Williams of the Charlotte Observer wrote, Carolina obliterated the Cardinals on Sunday. Newton's multiple first quarter touchdowns were set up by two early Arizona turnovers. The Panthers' defense showed why all they need is steady quarterback play to compete for a playoff spot. Newton provided some points, but starter P.J. Walker guided Carolina's offense to its best win of the season. Walker stepped into a challenging situation facing the Cardinals 8-2 on the road. The Panthers had a week unlike others with the Thursday signing of former MVP Newton before placing regular starter Sam Darnold on injured reserve Friday. Yet Walker navigated around potential distractions and focused on executing a specific game plan predicted, predicated on disturbing on dis- distributing the ball to the Panthers running backs. Walker quarterback five scoring drives that resulted in three field goals and one touchdown. He did throw a second quarter interception, but overcame it by piecing together a 12 play drive prior to halftime that ended with a 49 yard Zane Gonzalez field goal with a 23 to nothing lead. The Washington football team pulled off the upset of the day on Sunday when they defeated Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions of the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it really did come at a heavy cost for uh, Washington. The 2020 Rookie Defensive Player of the Year, Chase Young, left the game with a knee injury. Uh, there's a bit of an Ohio State curse for second-year players coming out of Ohio in the league, and Chase Young has unfortunately fallen victim to that same curse. Reports have emerged that Young will miss the remainder of the season. Matthew Washington of The Score wrote that Washington football t- team defensive end Chase Young will miss the rest of the season after tearing his ACL in Sunday's win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coach Ron Rivera confirmed Monday, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Young, 22, recorded 26 tackles, three tackles for loss, and one and a half sacks through nine contests contests this campaign. The 2020 second overall selection was named Defensive Rookie of the Year last season after racking up 44 tackles, seven and a half sacks, and 10 tackles for loss. Washington is also without pass rusher Montez Sweat, who is on injured reserve with a fractured jaw. Now, though the Chase Young injury will obviously dominate the Washington headlines today, as it really should, we shouldn't look past how good Washington looked yesterday and how bad Tampa Bay looked on Sunday. Um, And though you expect Tampa will bounce back and we really shouldn't expect Washington to keep things going, Sunday's results reminded us that any team can win on any given Sunday. The Associated Press wrote, Tom Brady threw two interceptions in his first quarter as part of an implosion of the reigning Super Bowl champions, contributing to Washington upsetting Tampa Bay Buccaneers 29-19. Washington's quarterback, Taylor Heineke, put his stamp on the improbable result much earlier, hooking up with DeAndre Carter for a 20-yard touchdown in a leading 71-yard drive in the third quarter. A pass interference penalty on the Buccaneers set up Gibson's first touchdown run, one of several self-inflicted mistakes by Tampa Bay, which was flagged six times for 43 yards. Heineke, who earned his contract by impressing in a surprise start against the Buccaneers in the playoffs, was 26 for 32 for 256 yards and also rushed for 15 yards. If any team in the league was in need of a blowout victory, it was the Kansas City Chiefs. Whether you're a fan of the Chiefs or not, it's it's not been a great season for Patrick Mahomes, and you have to admit it. He set the bar so high his first three seasons as a starter in the NFL that really 
a 400 yard game is expected by the chiefs fan base rather than appreciated. When you look at the season turnovers have been a massive issue for the chiefs and heading into week 10, they were third in the AFC West and they were sitting outside of the playoff bubble. But yet again, another crazy day in November showcased vintage Patrick Mahomes. And that's leaving the chiefs fans hopeful that the Kansas city is ready to flex their muscles again. John Dillon of Chiefs Wire wrote, anytime a quarterback can eclipse 400 yards and five touchdowns without throwing an interception, fans know they've witnessed a special performance. For a former MVP with Patrick Mahomes' track record, games like this are often the unrealistic expectation for some who believe his talents means that he can do or should be able to make the extraordinary look routine every week. The 2021 season has proven that Mahomes isn't bulletproof, but the outrageous stat line he put up last week has many talking heads thinking that he's back on track to lead Kansas City to another Super Bowl in February. Expectations being what they are, enough is never going to be enough for him relative to the accomplishments of the team in the last few years as a starter. But this game was a big step towards turning the Chiefs into the nearly unbeatable monster they were predicted to be in the preseason. And look, sometimes when you're a really good team, week 10 doesn't seem like a big week. But after watching a couple of teams in the AFC West lose, the Chiefs entered what was one of their biggest games of the season. And 41 points later, the Chiefs are now in control of their own dynasty. Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire wrote, The Kansas City Chiefs began their Sunday in third place in the AFC West and entirely outside of the AFC playoff picture. After taking care of business with a 41-14 win against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football, they'll finish the day alone atop the division and hold the number four seed in the AFC Conference. The Los Angeles Chargers started out the week with the lead in the NFC West, but after losing to the Minnesota Vikings in Week 10, they've fallen down the standings. The Denver Broncos also lost their game with the Philadelphia Eagles, but they were already a game behind Kansas City due to their record against common opponents. And the New England Patriots was supposed to be built on the strength of their defense. Uh, The Patriots were outscored 105 to 96 throughout their first six games. It appears, though, that the defense has finally woken up and become the machine that everybody thought they would be. New England has outscored their opponents 150 to 50 the last four games. Yes, the offense has woke up as well and scored as well, but... The Patriots' defense held both the Carolina Panthers and the Cleveland Browns to single digits, and the Patriots haven't given up more than 23 points in a single game throughout the last four weeks. The defense, led by Matthew Judon, have become very familiar with opponents' quarterbacks, and Cleveland learned that the hard way on Sunday. Jim McBride of the Boston Globe wrote, Matthew Judon was credited with a sack and now has 9.5 on the season, tied with his career high. The disruptive outside linebacker landed three of the Patriots' nine quarterback hits on the day, The Patriots finished with five sacks, Dietrich Weiss, one and a half, Kyle Van Noy, one, Sean Bauer, one, Dante Hightower and Lawrence Guy had half a sack each. On Monday, Rex Ryan, yes, that Rex Ryan, said that Bill Belichick is doing his best coaching in a long time, and the eye test would tell you how prepared New England has been each week. Um, As good as the defense has been since the Patriots squared off against the New York Jets in their second encounter, the offense has been playing at pretty much the same level as the defense. And a lot of the Patriots' success is because of player execution, but some of it comes from their outstanding defense. Karen Garage in the Boston Herald wrote, After winning four straight games after a 2-4 and start, the Patriots' confidence is at an all-time high. So is the buy-in factor to build Belichick's weekly game plans to knock out each opponent. 
rookie quarterback Mac Jones during his weekly session on WEEI's Marloni and Farah show says the Patriots know the answers to the test from game to game thanks to the coaches. At 6-4, and four, the Patriots remain in a half game behind the AFC East leading Buffalo Bills. They currently hold one of the three wild card entries into the playoffs, but with seven games to play, they have to keep trucking. The rookie quarterback acknowledged that he was getting more comfortable with the place in the offense. And that's it for Talking Football with Ray. Of course, you got that 15-minute, 20-minute, really, bonus with Connor Carney when we talked all about the New England Patriots. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Tomorrow, I will have my boy from Colts Law, Lawrence Owen. You can check him out here on the Talking uh, Football with Ray. Obviously, you can find it on my YouTube page, just called Ray Route. You can find it uh, wherever you get your podcast, Talking Football with Ray. And uh, thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to Newsbreak, and uh, until then, guys, take care, and guess what? 